This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff. Joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we continue our spooky October. Mm. <laughs> I like we're I like going. that name better than the, the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this time we're going all the way back to nineteen thirty something. Nineteen thirty one. Thirty one. For Frankenstein. A universal picture. <laughs> it's alive. Coming, coming to you from around the globe. All right. So, yeah, we're doing the original Frankenstein here. Uh, directed by James Whale. Who's a whale writers. John L. Balderston. Based upon the composition by Mary Shelley. From the novel by Peggy Webling. Adapted from the play by... No, you, starring... You... you. <laughs> but you kind of got that backward, but it's fine. Well, I'm reading it as it is on the screen. So yeah, yeah, that's why it's weird. It's like I thought Mary Shelley was the author. Yeah. She is. I'm reading it in the order it's presented, but you're correct. That's why it was weird. Colin Clive, May Clark, Boris Karloff, John Bowles, bunch of dead people. I mean, they weren't even alive in color. We didn't even know it was Boris Karloff until the end. Question Whoa. mark, question mark. Yeah. The monster? <gasps> it's a real monster. Boris uh, Karlov as named... Frankenstein. <laughs> there's Francis Ford as, as Hans, uncredited. <laughs> there you go. That guy. Yeah. All right, uh, this was my pick. Um, I wanted to do an old classic Universal uh, monster movie. I saw this, um, obviously not when it came out. Um, but I, we saw it in, I saw it in school. I, I don't know what it was for. I mean, I don't know if we were reading the novel or what, but I remember watching it in school, either junior high or high school. I don't remember. And I remember it stuck with me. Like I knew it wasn't as scary as, you know, what the horror movies were of my time, like <laughs> Freddy and Freddy, Jason and yeah. stuff, which aren't scary either, but you know, it was a different level. But I really liked it, and um, it stuck with me. You know, I remember laughing at the, you know, the reveal, which we'll talk about. Yeah. You know, it's, not, <laughs> it's supposed to be scary, but even watching it this time, it was scarier this time than it was the original time. I don't know, but there's things I liked about it. Uh, the best part, I think Scott can agree with, is that it's very short. Yes. <laughs> An hour yeah, and ten minutes. I, with yeah, 107 minutes. I mean, people, I mean, people back in 1930 were probably like, "How? there's no way we can sit there for that long. Because <laughs> they probably didn't have padded seats because they didn't invent padding until like the 40s. I yeah. know. They ran out of film, too. <laughs> and then uh, one other note I think before I saw this movie, I had been to Universal Studios. And if you've been there, I don't know if they still do this because I rarely go there. The monsters, the Universal monsters will walk around and you get photo ops of them. Right, and right. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing him in his shoes that have, you know, like. 
uh, six inch lifts lifts at him or whatever. And they're obvious. And I remember when the movie he has them too. Like, I don't know, it was just weird. Something that stuck out to me as a kid. I'm like he has really tall shoes. And then in the movie he has them there too. I don't know why that stuck into my head, but as a kid, oh, that was interesting. They're not ordinary shoes. <laughs> uh, I saw good, and I asked him, "Where'd you get those shoes?" All right, Al Bundy. What was your yeah. uh, what's your history with this movie? Uh, I just saw it for the first time. I'd never seen it before. I've always seen just like clips of uh, Boris Karloff in the makeup, and of course at Universal Studios. I also saw Frankenstein's monster and Dracula and everybody walking around. Um, I honestly, I saw Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's the one with Robert De Niro as the monster, right? I saw uh, that one first. I've never seen it. I don't it. remember. No, I don't. I don't think. Wait. No, you're you're right. The with Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I saw that one. That ver- that movie Frankenstein first. Um. But that was, again, also years ago. So this is my first time seeing this classic 1931 picture. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. And Scott. Uh, outside of showing up in Castlevania, the first time I've ever seen Frankenstein, maybe Monster Squad. I just vaguely remember that. But, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Jeff. I vaguely remember watching this in school. I think maybe even college, like in a, in a, in a film class that I might have had. Uh, but, yeah, it is, it is interesting uh, that this definitely set the, the, the tone. Like, back then there, there wasn't a horror genre. Uh, you know, and this, this was one of the, the first of its kind. Uh, we'll definitely talk more about Boris Karlov and, and what he did to uh, bring that character to, to life, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's interesting. It's just just a a touchstone piece of of, of film, uh, especially yeah, it was for the Universal that did this movie. Oh, not oh sorry, not touchstone. You're right. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> so touchstone is across the street, fella. <laughs> what was first, this or uh, Belagosi's Dracula? I think Dracula was first. Right? Okay. They both say 1931, so it's a hell of a year. I don't know when. Oh yeah. Maybe it was a double feature. Hmm. So they were both like, in. Uh, was it Son of Frankenstein? Yeah. P- pouring through the, the the trivia for this, like I guess you know typical Hollywood stuff. They they wanted um, uh, Lugosi to to do the the monster, and I think it, it's good that it didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First of all, Lugosi is like five four foot six, right? I don't know. He was. He could be well once you once you put the lifts on it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. In, in, yeah, in, in, the, in the padded coat, <laughs> <laughs> those shoes those would have shoes. had to have been really weird. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense the way because it forces them to clop around. Yeah, like in the trivia, they're mm-hmm. saying that those shoes, like each of them, weighed like twelve pounds or thirteen pounds. Yeah. That definitely affects how you move. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. As usual, we're just going to talk about seven items from the movie. Um, how do we do this? I usually go first. Is that how it works? Whoever's yes, movie it the, is. the yeah. picker goes first. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is <laughs> one thing that stuck out to me right away is how small or quaint of a movie this is. You can see the wrinkles in like all the backdrops. I don't know if yeah. you guys 
yeah. picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. <laughs> like at the very beginning at the the grave scene when the grave digger is born the whole time you can just see the the wrinkles and, and even before he's there like all the people leave the funeral and they kind of go that direction they immediately like peel left i think there's even like the dog at one point uh runs and i think maybe that's when they're chasing frankenstein he, he runs toward it and then you can just see him kind of stop <laughs> as the handler probably pulls him off the set or whatever um i thought that was funny or not funny but just like eh, 1930s filmmaking yeah. it's it's yeah. interesting something that, that always gets me watching this in the same vein uh just how intimate all the actors have to be with each other. So, yeah. like every scene, they're they're all in each other's faces, like <laughs> to, to 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 be able to get stuff on uh, like in frame. I guess would be the my guess for the most part. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it might mm-hmm. just be like what was considered like how you're supposed to do it back then. You know, there there were no such things as these long shots, people standing across the room from each other. Like everybody had to be like in each other's grills <laughs> while you're doing all this serious acting. It's, it's just yeah. an interesting uh, thing to me to want to watch. You know, with with all the the goofy shit now we do with CGI, like it's not necessarily better. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just just how it is for for the era. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Alex, what's your number seven? My number seven, and this really, uh, I know it's 1931, and <laughs> but couldn't they have gotten somebody better to be Baron Frankenstein? Sheebus H. You mean, you mean Baron Whistletooth? Yeah, I know. Not only that, but he's like, oh yeah, see. But he's like, okay, your, your actors aren't really German. Fine. Nobody's really trying to do ger- a German accent or anything. They say hair every once in a while, but other than and, that. And incorrectly, by the way. Yeah. Because hair's for titles, not for names. Right. So, okay, whatever. But this guy was just not doing a fucking thing. He was just, he remembered his lines and he was saying them. I don't think he had a film. He had a film movie. (laughs) Yeah. This this endeavor is going to be the bee's knees. Cat's pajamas. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Baron Frankenstein was just, he just sucked. His whistling tooth was cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, what kind of what kind of cat? You go insane living in just a place like this. Like, ah, shut up, guy. Not even trying. God, I don't know if it was him or another character. It reminded me of the uh, of Oz from Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's a horse of a different color, eh? Like the is it Oz? That's the well. The yeah. The, I think the I think, the I couldn't tell the. The best friend slash kind of weird love triangle. Yeah, I like, think he he talked like that. And, and honestly, I, I couldn't tell if that guy was more attractive to to Henry Frankenstein or to the <laughs> or to the the fiance. It was a little unclear on that. Oh, uh, they're just roommates. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Just they were roommates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah the I think Korloff is doing some some really cool stuff here. Yeah. Um, and and Colin Clive is I, I think is is good if, if a little hammy, but everybody else in this movie is just kind of eh. yeah. I, I mean, it might be the style also because it's I mean it's adapted from a theater play and you can tell. And even this early on in acting, I I would say that a lot of stuff is still based off of theater. So everybody's like saying their lines. Okay, you're done with your line now. I got to say my line. You know, stuff like that. 
But how dare you talk trash on Marilyn Harris, who plays little Maria. Yeah. Oh, she was fine. <laughs> I totally believe that she She drowned. is. Spoiler alert, she was not fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was hilarious, by the way. I'm sure we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, uh, oh, uh, Frankenstein's monster gets chased down with pitchforks and, and torches and everything. Nothing happens to John I like, Wayne. I like how the... What a fucking... Like, what, what happens in Young Frankenstein is just slightly more ridiculous. <laughs> like, with the girl. The little, little girl. Bit, yeah. right, Scott, number seven. Okay. Uh, my number seven... <laughs> this, is, this goes back to... This movie was clearly uh, in, in, the, in the 30s. Uh, it was a talkie. It was a talkie. Yeah. Yeah. He locks his fiance in the bedroom yes. for no reason other than <laughs> oh, she's yeah. like, Jesus. oh, she like they don't say it, but the, the implication there is, oh, she's hysterical. We need to lock her in her room. Like, that, was, mm-hmm. that was so ridiculous. Uh, like, you know, well, he didn't mom, have time to put the chastity belt on. Yeah, her, that's so. right. Yeah, he, well, he didn't have time to like lock her in a closet or something. I guess. But, uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, just just funny because if you do that now, like, there, there's no way, like. There would have to be some weird reason why we'd have to like lock her like in the room. But here, nope. Just just a close up of him turning the key, and the audience is supposed to be like, yeah, yeah, she was being pretty hysterical. She deserved <laughs> I it. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you can lock someone in their room, like you can't even do that nowadays. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I mean, you know, back then you had to keep keep your wives from from acting up. I guess. Yeah. Uh, that that was <laughs> her parlor or something. I don't, I don't know. The, yeah, locking like locking the door from the outside is kind of weird. That was like a bedroom. <laughs> that is true. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and and I just I also enjoyed how she just is like randomly like understandably freaked out, but she like she almost has uh, like a real premonition, like she's got psychic powers or something. But she <laughs> it's that woman's intuition. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. All the more reason to, to lock her in that room because of witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So anyways, yeah, locking his fiance in the bedroom made me laugh well, the, the moon load is on her, so oh. lock her up. You might start bleeding. All right, uh, number six. Jesus, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I went too far? Okay. Yeah, Jeff at HSF.com. <laughs> uh, ooh, we should get those. Um. <laughs> The only, I mean, this movie, like I said, it was short. There's bad parts, but it really didn't. Nothing really bothered me that much except the goddamn barking dogs. <laughs> I was yelling at my TV to shut them goddamn dogs up. <laughs> that was Wolfie. <laughs> the last 10, 15 minutes is just these hound dogs just the whole time. Like, fuck. Like, I get it. That's what it would be like, but they haven't. I guess it's new to talkies. They hadn't learned the, to, uh. Mm-hmm quite do the right sound design and sound mixing yet because uh, those dogs were getting on my nerves that's it agreed that's yeah, that's that was, six. it was very abrasive <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Alex what's your number six uh, my number six is Maria murdered question mark yeah now <laughs> okay uh, not the scene with Frankenstein but after the dad just carries her into town for whatever not seeking medical help <laughs> just he, he wants mob justice it's like okay, so he immediately he jumps to murder. <laughs> Maybe there was a deleted scene, uh, something in there that was cut. Probably not, but he leaves his daughter alone. 
the, the cat as the babysitter to his child. He comes back because she has drowned, and he immediately thinks, murder. So, yeah, that just, just like, that threw me off. As tragic as that situation is, and uh, little Maria was, like, terrifying the way she just ragdolled on his arms like that. That was, it, when he was carrying her, that was heartbreaking. But it really just took me out of it. She was murdered. <laughs> okay, let's get a mob together. Let's yeah. get him. Who was it? I'll see justice done immediately. I need, I need no, I need to not ask any other questions. Yeah. Yep. So that was, yeah, that threw me off. Yeah. It's like, well, it was obviously the monster. The audience saw it, so that's who it was. Yep. Yeah. All right, Scott, number six. Number six. Uh, here's here's what my notes say. Uh, how did the guy know that the monster threw her in the lake? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Also, what kind of asshole parent lives next to a lake and doesn't teach their kid to swim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I somebody. I, I was hoping somebody would stop for a second and like, did she know how to swim? Like, should there should have been some reason why the kid didn't know how to swim? Uh, well, she was a woman. They don't need to know. Oh, that, that you're right. Like he's probably gonna lock her in. <laughs> lock, <laughs> yeah, lock her like in a room for the night. Yeah, yeah. He was so poor he couldn't afford a lock to his to a room. So, and do lakes have shallow ends? <laughs> no, it was just a sheer drop off cliff into the <laughs> yeah. abyss. I don't <laughs> she know about Michael B. The, water, the water's on that <laughs> she went lake. Through the lake. Yeah, but the water on that lake looked pretty choppy. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, my number five now is the, the scene where he steals the abnormal brain. I mean, <laughs> that felt like it should have been a young Frankenstein or something. Like, I, or any Jim L. Brooks movie. I bring you these 15. Ten, ten commandments. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what the hell? He yeah. got a bur- well. First of all, two brains perfectly labeled, and he grabs. <sighs> well, he I so mean, yeah. Again, young Frankenstein is barely know, more ridiculous than this. Cause he does yeah. grab the right brain to begin with. Yes, but then he just takes the jar startled off of it, and... the lid off of it for some reason when he grabs it. Yeah, I thought he was gonna drink out of it at first. Uh, but yeah. Get startled. Yeah, well, good thing there's a spare here. Yeah. All right. Alex, number five. My number five is I like the sets. I really like the design of them. I like, um, I mean, you know, you use what you can, especially back in 1931 where they're still trying to figure this out. So they were very much stage, like play theater sets, Um, especially the outdoor scenes. Uh, when they went into the mountains, but I really liked the the giant Frankenstein estate, that giant set, especially when they do that awesome camera move, and they go through the big room to the hallway to, into the bedroom. Uh, that was great to see, and the castle set with all the, the sciency stuff and the downstairs and the little like <laughs> where they tried to do a forced perspective window, yeah. and, uh, and how you could. Hear them walking down wooden steps every time they went down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I loved it. I loved that whole set design. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was cool. And that, yeah, that force perspective. You're talking about when they were down below and he looked out the window or whatever? Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. That was cool. But no, the, I think it was in when they chained up the monster. 
the the window went off was really tiny, but the the it went the walls went at an angle towards that window. It was really weird. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Scott, number five. All right, number five uh, is the. <laughs> I really, I really did enjoy the the few shots, and I think it was just like probably not even a couple minutes total of film, but just the the German town that they're in. Like, I I did chuckle when all of a sudden, like all the villagers show up like full lederhosen and mm-hmm. and Oktoberfest like dress. Uh, this I, is I, Germany. I, I don't know what you. What, what's the the women's. Jeff, you know? Gr- uh, Grindel? The Grindel? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. The Nacht. But, uh... It's a girdle. A girdle. Not a uh, girdle. Yeah, so it was, it was funny, because they're all dressed in, like, the 30s tuxedos, and then all of a sudden, people are showing up with, like, hats and beer steins, and... <laughs> and I, I thought it was cool, like, watching the, like, the camera kind of gets pulled around town... As, as people are like dancing in circles and, and I don't know, just being German, I guess. I don't know how else yeah. to describe it. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't did, they get a handy cam for that guy? Jeebus. I, I did like that. One one thing I thought that was funny, though, about the, the German crowd was you hear them outside. Trindle. And uh, I was, as I watched, I, I was thinking, wow, is the mob already gathering? Are they already hunting down the monster? <laughs> like, nope, nope, that's just the, the sound of a bunch of Germans make. And it's almost yeah, identical. It's Germans. Yeah, it's almost identical to them being irate. Just Germans being... <laughs> just the, the audio they use for that. Uh, or the, they, they captured. Uh, yeah, it also made me chuckle. Just Germans just ready to burn down stuff at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. By the way, it, it was Durndal, not Gurndal. And uh, I do not suggest looking for that online unless you want to see a lot of slutty yeah. Halloween costumes. So I, d- I definitely don't want to do that. Yes, yeah. I don't want to do that either. <laughs> How do you spell it? Just so I know not to, to accidentally type that in. Yeah, yeah the, the Google help you with that one. Didn't they uh, cover that character in Star Wars in character? Drindle? Mm, I don't know. No? This thing I don't know who you're talking about. It just sounds like a Star Wars name. Like a creature name. A Drindle. Durndle. D-I-R-N-D-L-E, probably. I don't know. Oh, missing some, <laughs> I feel like we're missing some vowels here. <laughs> Jack anyway. Drindle. Uh, where are we at now? Uh, number fours. Your number four. My number four? Yeah. Uh, the little girl with the flowers scene. Um, well, yes, okay, the dad, the vengeance, all that stuff. But it's, it's, it is, it's you know, one of the a scene you don't... I didn't expect the first time I saw it. And and there really is nothing... You know, the whole album, Normal Brain, is because it's from a criminal or a convict. There's nothing criminal about what he does there. He's just, he's more like a child and doesn't know the difference between flowers and a little girl, right? Like... Yeah. So I, I guess I didn't quite understand that, other than it's like an underdeveloped brain. I don't know if I would the the kid mentioned it, it's a convict brain or a criminal brain. That I didn't get. I know later on he starts strangling people, so I guess that's where yeah, that yeah. Yeah, I think but, the the kind of reflexive murder choking. <laughs> thing, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the internet. It's it's fun. I mean, it's it's sad, sweet, and funny all at the same time. I don't know, mm-hmm. just throwing her in there and everything. And the him in broad daylight too, like it works in the 
Castle, that's the first time with the light shining on his face and the makeup and everything. So, that's my number four. Alex. The storm scene was fantastic. Uh, I was waiting for it. That's the only thing that I knew was really, you know, aside from, you know, Boris Karlov and the makeup and everything, I really wanted to see the storm scene to see if, if it lived up to the hype, I guess. And it did for me. I loved it. All that sciencey stuff, the Jacob's ladders, all the sparks going, uh, the lightning, the thunder, everything. I loved it. Yeah, even though you don't see any of it, just some flashing lights above and some sound effects. And, mm-hmm. the, and actors like acting like they've never seen bright lights before. <laughs> yep. Oh my, that's bright. My word. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, number four. Okay. Uh, so my four, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about this more, but I, so if I would seen this before, I completely forgotten about this part with the, the monster reveal, like just him walking in backward for no reason. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, I mean, there was a reason, what? like a meta reason, but like, like in the movie, there's no reason for it. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, it was simultaneously hilarious and and great, uh, so yeah. I'll let you guys talk about it more. I'm sure you guys have it on your list. So. Yeah. Which uh, well, that's mine right now. So running my number three, it's the monsters reveal. Um, yeah, it's coming in backwards. It's pretty uh, like just Scott just said, and then just the the triple zoom on it, and like <laughs> yeah. I said, I remember like it's we we saw it in school, we all laughed. And the teacher talked about, you know, you know, well, back then you got to remember, stuff about. but it is with, cause there's no sound. There's like no score in this at all. Yeah. Is there? That was honorable mention. It's yeah. creepy on its own that there's like no music whatsoever. Yeah. And just this dead silence and just looking at this guy's ugly face. It actually is kind of creepy. I think like I'm looking back on it now, like when I watch it, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not scary. It's not startling, but it's just creepy. I think more than anything. Um, so yeah, the, the monster reveal is my number three. Alex. My number three is possibly the most terrifying part of this movie, and that is the mob. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm hoping it was intentional. Probably, you know, saying something about how <laughs> man is the real monster. But uh, yeah, it was terrifying. Them walking down the street, you could, all the people, all the women on the side were terrified of the mob. They're clutching their children uh i did like the part where all the ladies were <laughs> sticking their heads out the window with a beer stein also <laughs> oh wait no that was when uh the dad and maria were going down the street but anyways uh yeah everybody looked terrified of the mob and yeah so was i that was the scariest part for me yeah there it is no I, I agree and i did like the laugh-in moments with them sticking their heads out with the beer almost like german cuckoo clocks yeah. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. All right, Scott, number three. All right. Now, my number three is the... the I don't know if they ever caught anything specific in the movie. I don't think they did, but the the lightning reanimator. Uh, yeah. Just, if you had to list out the iconic things from this movie, that'd probably be the third. Um, so... Uh, yeah, just just a really really cool set piece that that's that's obviously held up over time. I I have not read the book, 
At least I don't remember reading it. Uh, I don't know how how like how much it, it draws inspiration from what's in the book. Uh, but I know whenever we see like that, that same thing in movies, it always looks roughly the same. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so like it, it definitely um, struck a chord for for how something like that should look. Like uh, and it hasn't really been really changed. Uh, occasionally they they change up like how they they bring the, the monster to life, but uh, when it is with the electricity, it's always almost always the the same thing. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it is again a really cool set piece. Um, I kept waiting for it to like catch fire. <laughs> I, I would be surprised if it didn't at some point when they were filming. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah just a, a really really cool set piece. The lightning reanimator. Agreed. With the big yeah. orbs at the top, and they were and they were doing like a Jacob's ladder thing, where it was arcing lightning, but I mean electricity between them. Jesus, that was cool. Yeah, well, I agree, and that's my number two. My number two is the lab itself, the you know him reanimating, and it's alive, it's alive. All that combined is, I mean, that's what all. I mean, was this the first to have all that stuff in a? If you're going to show a scientist in a movie, he has to have all these beakers and, like he said, Jacob's ladders and electrical balls because of this movie. Like, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think so. Trendsetter. Yeah. So, but yes, it's alive. It's alive. All that stuff. And the hand twitching a little bit. And that's it. You don't. I guess it's later movies where he, like, sits up and everything, right? And. Or does yeah. the Darth, Darth Vader. No. I mean, yeah. it's got to be <laughs> one of the 20 other remakes. <laughs> But yeah, he doesn't even do the. Uh, I, I was kind of waiting for it, but he doesn't do the both arms outstretched walk like ever. I mean, he does no. that when he's reaching out for people and stuff. But all this, you know, all these other movies and everything, sometimes they have him walking with arms outstretched. Yeah, so that's just something that's been mistranslated over time, yeah. or that the sequels. You know, you always watch movies and they say, like, the zombies go around saying brains, brains. Like, no, zombie movies, they don't do that. I, I don't... Yeah. I know it's from that one, Return of the Living Dead or something. But anyway. Uh, anyway, it's alive, the lab scene, all that stuff is my number two. Mm-hmm. Alex. My number one is... Call, I mean, my number two is two. Colin Clive. My bad. Uh, he is great. As Dr. Henry Frankenstein, uh, you could really see the madness in his eyes. Yeah, he was overdoing it, but I think this film needed it. Especially when he's playing off of uh, Fritz and his manic, manic Igor-like energy. Uh, okay, wait, what's yeah, what's Igor from? I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's from the books or... Because I always thought Igor was Frankenstein's assistant, and so... Yeah, it's Fritz in this one. About yeah, I have to look that up. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, he gave a great performance. You could see that, it, yeah, this his work and everything, his life's work, has really taken over his mind, and, and it's warped it. And But then he kind of comes back to his senses when he's back with uh, his wife. What's her face? What's her name? Uh, I just turned it. Um, Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Yes. He kind of came back to his to his senses and everything and and ultimately having to destroy his own creation he did a great job i agree yeah colin clive 
You hear All that, right. Hollywood? Book him in your next picture. <laughs> yeah, he read the trivia on that guy. He uh, he died young. Oof. He's in his thirties. He had just basically alcoholism. Ugh, uh, anyway, on universalmonsters.fandom.com, the wiki here, Igor is the traditional stock character or cliche hunchback assistant or butler to many types of villain, such as Count Dracula or Mad Scientist. Familiar for many horror movies and horror movie parodies, the Frankenstein series and Van, Hel- and Van Helsing films in particular. So okay, I guess so son of Igor Frankenstein. Maybe came from Frankenstein. I mean, from Dracula. But it says traditional stock characters. So I don't okay. know. But it mentions like the Frankenstein series, and then the son of Frankenstein, the ghost of Frankenstein, <laughs> young Frankenstein. Uh, I, well, that was Igor. That's true. <laughs> I even say that here. It was pronounced Igor. All right, Marty Feldman. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, I don't know. Scott, number two? That sounds, yeah. sounds right. Uh, Jeff said it earlier, but the... It's alive! It's alive! Uh, we When you did your top 100, that was in there somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did I ever finish that? <laughs> I don't know if you did. Yeah. I think I, don't I, think I did either. I did, yeah, but... Uh, movie quotes according to was it AFI yeah uh, but yeah still like, um, yeah I was, I was waiting for that line <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you you know in a vacuum if you sat this down or set some kids down in front of this if they would recognize the it's a live thing you know because it, it's, it's been parodied so many times but uh, yeah it was it was cool to, to see it and uh like like Alex said, uh, Kong Clive uh, really sold that scene. Yeah. Nope. All right. Well, on number one, and my number one is the mob chase slash windmill ending scene. Pretty awesome. The mob's frightening. They get riled up really quickly and really badly, and uh, and then also like the quaint sets again when they're chasing him through. The, through the mountainside or whatever, and you can see the wrinkles in the background again, and the yep. the four rocks they have available, and <laughs> oh, it's this way. The mob just being also they're separated, and and then just burning down the windmill. Yep. Poor yeah, Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's monster, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, poor Frankenstein yeah. too. Until he got tossed out the window and ragged out on the <laughs> he ragged out the windmill. That was awesome. <laughs> It's true that that was a little bit uh, worse than uh, Saruman. Saruman, or uh, what's his face, the Duke uh, in the the Steward of Gondor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leg- have a running Leg- start. Legend has it he's still running off the side of the thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I forgot to mention Colin Clive almost burned alive there because. Uh, Frank and uh, his monster threw him on that torch. That's right, yeah. Acting. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Good, <laughs> good thing he had all those asbestos pants. Man, the, the, every, every minute of film costs like $20. They had to keep going. Yep. <laughs> all right. Alex, number one. Number one, Boris Karlov uh, as the monster. Uh, just was great. I cannot imagine... 
how uncomfortable that 1931's makeup was <laughs> on his face. But um, he made it work. Yeah, it was goofy when he came in. <laughs> I also thought, was like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I guess, I guess it's, you know, it's the reveal. Uh, but yeah, after he turned around, it was great with the three zooms and everything. And then him just walking around and uh, it really uh, reminded me of what Frankenstein said when he was talking to the doctor. And he's like, he's like a child, you know, wait until you see when he when I put him in the light for the first time, because he's been in darkness this whole time. That scene was a, a bit of a tearjerker. I got to say, that was fantastic work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although I will say that when he snuck into Elizabeth's window, he was pretty spry. <laughs> he went out through the window and ninja in there, and then all of a sudden he went back into monster character. There, there was a couple times where, where, he, where he started moving a little quicker than maybe he should have. Like when he was, yeah. when he was escaping the uh, the lab castle tower. Like he does this move where he like looks around real quick, like from side to side. <laughs> yeah, that that was a little bit out of, uh, I think, out of his range of motion. But well, we saw a helpless woman locked in her room, got a little giddy up. <laughs> Wasn't quick enough for that falling beam, though. No, yeah, just like Bruce Wayne. We do those push-ups, Mister Wayne. All right, yeah. Uh, Scott, number one. Right. Number one is, is also Boris Karloff. Uh, everything Alex said, the you know again the the makeup is iconic, which is you know more credit to the makeup artist there. But uh, mm-hmm. I I just really loved all the the stuff he was doing here for the camera. Like we mentioned, like a lot of us is, is film and and, and stage as a play, uh, but he's doing a lot of cool stuff here. Like if you watch closely, he never blinks. Um, thought that was a cool thing um yeah just him putting uh motion like you could tell that there was like some thought behind what he was doing he wasn't just a mindless killing machine which is which is what easily could have could have happened with the with another actor here i guess um but yeah some of the stuff he he did was, was genuinely like funny and 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 like alex said touching uh the biggest laugh in the entire movie for me was after he sneaks into Elizabeth's bedroom and he, he's like standing right in front of her and he gives like the sexy grrr. <laughs> yeah. Grrr. <laughs> like that shit. Oh man, that that was pure go. Like I wonder if that was like even like ad lib. I, I don't know, but oh man, that, 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 that killed me when he did that. Uh, and then at the end when he's freaking out... Uh, and this was the most disturbing part of the movie for me, like as far as being a horror movie anyway. Uh, it was just like him basically getting burned alive. Like, yeah, they, that's rough. Like he, he really sold that shit. Um, and I'm sure on, on the set, they they were just like, <laughs> you know, burning all that asbestos around him to make sure that nothing really caught. But <laughs> mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah, just him rolling around and oh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty brutal. Uh, so, yeah, that's my number one. Alright, pretty awesome. I agree with you guys there. Um, mm-hmm. So I was looking at his credits. I mean, these actors used to work back in the day. Look at In 1931, he was in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 
14 movies. You did one take. That was it. Yeah. Now, a few of these are uncredited, uncredited, so it might just been an extra or whatever, but Jesus. All right, any honorable mentions? Uh, Mine, Alex already mentioned, which was um, Baron Baron Von Whistletooth. So my my very first note I put down was uh, Carl Emile is presenting the shit out of this movie. The the opening title card also made me laugh out loud. It was like, Carl Emile presents a Carl Emile production. Present at the bottom it said like, presented by Carl Emile. (laughs) Just in case you forgot. That made me laugh. I, I, I like the... Uh, the warning <laughs> that Buke I've been hearing so much about. Yeah, like, I like that warning at the beginning. I do. Do you guys happen to oh, know yeah. if that just happened to be in the version that we watched, or do they do they actually have that like included with the film at the time? Well, I think I watched a different version than you guys, and it still had that. So okay, okay. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought that, that was. I mean, obviously a little bit more, a little bit of marketing, uh, but still a, a fun little bit, and you know, probably a little more earnest back in 1930, where they're like, "You're gonna see some shit." Yeah. <laughs> like now, this, this, I mean, shit, this would be rated, I don't know, how, G, G, yeah, uh, PG maybe. It would be PG. PG, yeah, kid, kid dies, so yeah, probably PG. Oh yeah, uh, the wrong kid dead. <laughs> uh, uh, acts of violence with the mob and everything but um so i mean maybe not at this time but i've watched a lot of stuff on horror movies and they would do that stuff as promotion right that's that's what i'm saying like it was a little more marketing than than anything else yeah they're like you know they'd have ambulances out in front of the movie theater in case in case you like yeah it was so so (laughs) frightening heart attack give people the chance to leave now before it's too late yeah. I think most of that stuff happened later, like the Vincent Price stuff. But I don't know if it happened. Like the Tingler, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the Tingler. I like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what else I here? The um, there there were there were women students at the medical college, which I thought was oddly progressive for 1930. <laughs> uh, so I put that mm-hmm. put down as a note. Um, another note. I I love the transatlantic accents. Uh, yes, no one here is even trying to, to sound German, but I mm-hmm. but I do appreciate the not quite British, not quite New England, like blending that, that a lot of people in this movie had. Uh, yeah, pre Nazi Germany too. That's true. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Let's see. Uh, for me, it was the ground the groundskeeper lit that match with his foot, right, and not his ass. Yeah, that was like his boot heel or something. Okay. Yeah. This is like, okay. How'd they do it back then? I guess it was a shoe. Um, <laughs> they used the shoe uh, for everything. See. Disrespectful Everybody... throwing it, discarding it in the grave, though. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I already mentioned the ladies with the beers out the window. Uh, there was While uh, the dad was taking Maria through the streets, uh, there was one little blindfolded girl that would... And she's probably the only one that's not traumatized out of the whole crowd. Guys, notice her? I guess they were no. playing uh, with a pinata. I think they got their countries mixed up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Alemania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just just one thing that I, that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, less of an honorable mention was that 
Like, yes, he he is the the monster is somewhat responsible for, for killing that kid, um, and he he does kill several people in the movie. Uh, but they clearly show that like a couple of weak ass scientists can overpower him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they needed to, to up his, his his like strength level just a tad. Uh, yeah. It's like he basically gets like karate chopped in the back of the neck by the by the old German scientist, and that takes him out in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and they were mostly all self defense except for Maria. Yeah, so mostly. Fritz was being an asshole. Yeah, Fritz. And... Fritz got yeah. And then no reason, just torturing him for no reason. Yeah, yeah. What an asshole. So yeah, and... how did uh, Fritz die? It was hard to see. Was he? Did he hang him? Is he stuck him in a hook? What was going on back there? So he, he had the him. whip with him. I think he was... No, Frankenstein him, took it away from him. Right, I thought he hung him with the right. whip. So he hung him with the whip. That's what he was doing. I, it was hard to tell uh, what was going I on. I thought that's what happened, but I don't know. I have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, he just found some some other rope. Get a rope. Yeah. And then the doctor's like, Oh, don't worry. I'll make sure that he gets put down humanely. I am going to cut him open while he's still alive. He's going to dissect them immediately, and then he gets choked to death. So I'm going to count that as comeuppance also. Stupid doctor. <laughs> All right. Well, then it's time to rank it. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7. 7 being perfection, 1 being garbage. Um, This is hard, because... I probably don't need to see this again, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again. It's just, it's so old. It's, uh, but you know what? For a movie that old that holds up, I will give this, uh, I'm still going to give it a five, but I really enjoyed it. Five for me. Alex. I'm also going to give this movie a five. Uh, it was great. They did a lot of really cool stuff, uh, with the camera, with the sets. It's a, it's a great you know, film for learning, and uh, yeah, they made they made it work with all the the black and white work with the silhouettes in, in the background. The mob was scary as hell, real real fucking fire. <laughs> and, and there's still some camera tricks. Uh, I mean, that windmill was definitely a miniature that they might have projected at the very end. Uh, so there's a there's a lot to learn from this film, and it's still like some great performances. So five. Yeah. All right. And Scott, uh, I think I'll give this a six. Uh, okay. Clocking in just over an hour. Um, <laughs> Bonus point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I I might not rush right out to see this again, but I could see like you know if, if we're hanging out at Halloween that this this would be something to be like yeah let's put this on uh, yeah. kind of deal. Uh, I, I might be more interested in just its place in movie history than, than maybe the movie itself. And mm-hmm. It might be a little difficult for me to kind of separate those two, um, but yeah, I, I love just all like the kind of the innovative stuff that they're doing here. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm no expert on other movies at this time, so I don't know how derivative it may or may not be. Uh, but like, yeah, this this is how we view Frankenstein's monster. Like, this is bait. Like this movie that you know is 90 years old now. <laughs> like. Uh, like they, we, that's this is still how that monster is projected in, in pop culture. So that that says something for what they did in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's time for a beer break. 
And we're back. Yeah, we are. All right. And our crossover topic this week is Top Angry Mobs. Uh, I mean, it obviously mm-hmm. makes sense from this movie. And I found this extremely difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to search for the uh, some to fill up some of my spots, and I just came up with mobster movies. Yeah, there's this endless string of, of stuff from like, The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. no, that's not what I want, you assholes. Stupid Google. And I wanted to include aggroed mobs <laughs> from video games. I would have allowed that was... You should have done it. Yeah. Uh, mine would have been all like EverQuest stuff. So I'm not going to do that. Um, Train the zone. <laughs> but uh, my number five is um, it's not really an angry mob, but the first thing I thought of a mob is this one. And there's plenty of other mob scenes in this series. It's from The Simpsons, and there's tons of them, right? There's yeah, burn, yes. witch burning and anything like that. But mine was the old-fashioned hole digging, which was not an <laughs> angry mob. It was just a group of people going to get a boy out of a well. But yeah, It's a helpful mob. <laughs> it was a helpful mob. But that's just the first thing I thought of, and there's plenty more in The Simpsons. I don't know if you guys have any other specific ones. I, I, but, I do, uh, I do. Yeah. Okay, then I won't go mm-hmm. anymore, but just... It's, it's an old-fashioned hole digging. By gar, By gar it's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Jasper. So, I just remember Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> Suddenly you find out that he's shredded. Yeah. Um, all right, Alex, number five. My number five, and this one I found just uh, at random, just looking at mob scenes. And uh, this one goes out to... I put it on here mostly because it's Norm MacDonald. And I, from all the comments <laughs> on the YouTube uh, video, it's the only funny part in this movie. And it's from The Animal, starring Rob, starring Rob Schneider. Herpidir. And uh, I'm sure you guys have not seen it. But nope. it, it's it's worth looking up the scene with Norm MacDonald. It's great. Because... Uh, uh, Johnny C. John C. Riley's uh, gathering up a mob to go hunt the animal, the titular animal, and <laughs> Norm Macdonald just keeps—he's <laughs> just doing this thing, just interrupting his, his speech, trying to get everybody riled up. And he's like, "Now, say, I got a question for you. Uh, say that uh, uh, are we lighting our torches now or later? Uh, later when it gets dark. Okay, uh, I got another question. Say uh, a fellow had already lit his, his torch. <laughs> he just brings up this already lit tiki torch. Uh, what then? Do I put it out or, or can I keep it on? <laughs> and it just keeps going like that. It's it's it, Go watch it, people. Just the scene, not the movie. Okay. Scott, number five. Number five is actually the... Well, after the, the Simpsons one, actually. But the, the first one, the second one that popped in my head uh, was Beauty and the Beast... Uh, oh yeah, they have on my list, but yeah, they have the whole uh, song, little musical number about getting uh, screwing their the courage of the sticking place and everything, and uh, riding through the woods, <laughs> and then they go, and then they yeah. they they have a fight against inanimate objects and, and lose. But uh, I'll, I'll save more of that for you, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Jeez, Gaston, what a villain. Um. My number four, and there could be two, maybe multiple from this series, series. But I'm going with the Christopher Nolan Batman series. I'm going with Dark Knight when the angry mob is trying to get after the Riddler, or yeah. like, not the Riddler, but the guy who <laughs> Jim Carrey. Everyone, 
the guy who no, they thought was going to be the Riddler. Remember, everyone that was a big old, oh, that guy's the Riddler because he solved it. The, the guy who knows Batman's secret identity and Joker wants him killed and everyone's trying to get to him and everything like that. Um, oh, yeah. Right, there's that. And there's If you have the Dark Knight uh, Rises, you have, uh, you know, Bane and all those angry mob people. Uh, at least in the beginning. Now they're on his side and they're mobbing the rich. And then you have later on when the cops are coming back, take over the town and... Batman's fighting with them, and then I don't know if you count the first one where they get the get the scarecrow gas and everyone's fighting each other and mobbing it up. So I don't know. There's a bunch of them in the Dark Knight series. <laughs> Just a bunch of mob people mobbing it up. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my number four, Alex. Nice. My number four is from Village of the Damned. Damn. <laughs> Christopher Reeve and uh, Mark Hamill, Kirstie Alley. Guys what movie? is this? The mega cast of all casts? <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. The cast sounds great. It's not that great in practice. But um, uh, Luke Skywalker, Superman, and Savick all in a room—that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the mob goes and uh, tries to kill the creepy kids. It doesn't. Let's just say it doesn't turn out too well for the mob. All right, yeah. I've never seen it. Scott, number four. Number four is uh, History of the World Part One. Uh, Ooh, go with the particularly the the French mob as as riled up by Cloris Leachman. Oh, yeah, 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 damn, that's a good one. It it would take a miracle. (laughs) Death to to King Louis. <laughs> she pops her tit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good stuff. Oh, man. All right. Uh, my number three is. Uh, comes from the movie Running Man. And this is. Yes, the, yes, yes. <laughs> it'd be more the people on the street betting on the game, and then they won't. They all of a sudden they want to start betting on Ben Richards because he's one mean motherfucker, and they won't take the bets, and they all get angry, and they start yelling, and 50 bucks on Richards! Come on! Come on. I'm kind of reaching here, but that's what I'm going with. Okay. Running man. Betting on Ben Richards. Oh, there's the angry mob that he sh- that he shot from the helicopter. Yeah, and put you on Bakersfield to see what my apartment. Yeah. They want some food. Come on! So I'm going to say please. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is from the Simpson movie. They, when the mob and the whole town, the whole city, yeah. gets together to uh, go after Homer because he's the one that dumped that silo full of pig shit uh, into the river, bringing down the wrath of the EPA and and killing Green Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm killing Green Day. That was great. Like everybody, like fucking everybody, all the side characters, all. Everybody was in that mob, and it was fantastic. God, I've seen that movie once. I don't remember anything from that movie. You should watch it again. They should, they hang dong in that movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like Flanders is always hanging dong in the show, isn't he? Hey-o! All right. Scott, number three. Uh, my number three is Happy Gilmore. The, uh, the angry mob that chases down Shooter McGavin at the end. Oh, that's good. Oh, damn it. Uh, yeah, that is good. Uh, 
Christopher McDonald, right? The actor? Mm-hmm. Uh, is fucking, she's so good in that movie. But just the slow-mo of him running away. Um, I believe that belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you get uh, Richard Keel. Uh, and you can count on me to waiting for you in the parking lot. Uh, just, oh, better run, shooter. <laughs> yeah, just the slow-mo, <laughs> slow-mo of him running. I mean, the poor guy could barely move. Um, so that's like, it's probably the only way they could film it was just like taking a few steps in slow motion. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that was great. Him running away. Nice. Nice. So that oh, upsets don't forget- me. Don't forget that one that one guy with the 90s pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite guy in the mob. Well, this upsets me because my number two comes from Waterboy. Yeah. And that would be the Rob Schneider, you know, you can do it, and the whole mob scene, and then they're always riled up the camps or the, the prep rallies, and then, I don't even remember, don't they go to his mom's house and try to get him or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I think they yeah. at some yeah. point, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not what you would consider a handsome man. <laughs> Poor Clint Howard. Uh, the fact that we have two Rob Schneider movies in this list is, is scary. I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. Alex, number two. My number two is Beauty and the Beast. Man, that's, a, that's, that's an all-timer Disney movie. I love that. might be... Ah, man. One exciting It's a tough ride. call between... That and Lion King and Stitch. Uh, those are my three favorite all-time Disney movies. Uh, but yeah, no, that mob scene. the Beast. Fantastic. You haven't seen Beauty and the Beast? Nope. Oh, man. Some great songs. We Gaston should, is an amazing villain. We, we should do the live-action one for Jeff. Oh, gee, but nope. <laughs> I'm gonna nope out of that episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It was perfectly cromulent. <laughs> yeah, he was. He gave a cromulent performance. He embigged that role with that cromulent performance. He did. But yeah, that whole scene is fantastic. The song, the beast, he's got fangs, razor sharp ones. Gets the whole crowd to go over there, and then they, yeah, they all get their asses kicked. By a little tea kettle. In part, yes. Yeah, Mrs. Potts, yeah. In the Clucksworth. And Lumiere. Did she murder them and then write about it? <laughs> she sure did. Still cracks me up that that's Jerry Orbach <laughs> doing the Lumiere as the, the French. Anyway. I know. Doesn't sound like him at all. Alright, uh, so Scott, number two. Number two is from South Park. Uh, there's all kinds of angry mobs in the, in the God, movie and in the show. You're right. Um, God damn it. I wanted to, to focus on just one. Um, and so I forget the exact episode for this it might have been the time traveling one but but basically is like a form of protest like all the the rednecks in like middle America get together and they just start having a <laughs> giant orgy um, and like at one point the, the news <laughs> the, the, the news anchor says like they're, they're sucking and screwing their way across America. <laughs> but that stuck with me. But yeah, you just see this giant pile of naked dudes. And they're... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, at some point, too, they're also doing the... Rubble, 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 rubble thing that they, they do in South Park, which always cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, the, the redneck orgy pile uh, from South Park. That's my number two. 
shit, I forgot about that. With the uh, with the uh, the futurists, the goobacks. Yeah, the goobacks. Chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. I want a goddamn cheeseburger. All right, uh, on to our number ones, and my number one is from Superman Two, when uh, the search for Spock. No, it's oh. when um, <laughs> Zod and Zod and <laughs> Zod and company chase off Spider Man from Metropolis, and then the, right. the humans go after. Them. <laughs> they kill Superman, and then, and then Han Solo shows up in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? The Lego Movie. Anyway, the mob going after them with, you know, they don't make it very far. They don't do very well. But uh, mm-hmm. the guy in the roller skates and I know one guy's like, oh, man, I know judo or something like that. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> hey, man. So that's it. Superman 2. I don't think there is a subtitle. The movie. Two. Yeah, the movie. Well, I think it was Superman the movie. And I think the other one's just Superman 2. Oh, yeah, two. Superman 2. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right. Alex, number one. My number one, probably one of my favorite mob, angry mob scenes of all time, and it's stuck with me ever since I saw this movie at school, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yep. Yeah, God, you know what? I had that, and I forgot about it. I forgot to write it down. I thought about that earlier in the week. Good one. So fucking good. Gregory Peck just standing his ground with his lamp and his book against the angry mob, and then the kids, Finch, and everybody come in. He's like, hey, Mr. What's-Your-Face? How's it going? Hey, what's wrong with you? It's me. Don't you remember? We said hi. We we played with your son. Ah, heartbreaking. Shame. The, guy, the mob got shamed into submission, which is fantastic. I love it. I'm due for a rewatch on that movie. Add it to your list. Yeah. Better yet, add it to Scott's list. Yeah. Scott, number one. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor No? Where's the mob in that? Uh, number one is from The Simpsons. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, if I had to rank my top 10 Simpsons episodes, this would probably be one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I'm not, you know, I'm not the level fan that, that certainly Alex is, so I don't remember the name of it, but it's the, the Mr. Burns uh, alien episode. Uh, oh, yeah. like, isn't it the X Files yeah. parody one, too? That's the one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Where uh, David Duchovny's yeah, got that. <laughs> Whenever he pulls out his uh, his uh, FBI, yeah, yeah. there's a picture of himself in underwear. Yeah, then that's great. Watching Homer on the treadmill. Photography. Yeah, but the the reveal is that um, there is no way, and it's just uh, Mr. Burns who has a healthy glow from being all close to all that radiation. But they they go through the whole thing about how like why he looks that way. You know, they like scrape his tonsils and all that stuff, and um, it has. Um, like two of my favorite lines, uh, like again, if we're talking about top tens from The Simpsons, the uh, Doctor Nick, as Mr. Burns is, is like walking away from the clinic, when he says, "The most rewarding part is when he paid me my money." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the, the the mob yeah. the mob finally chases down Mr. Burns with the "I bring you love," and then he gets Lenny that goes. He's bringing us love. Break his kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That oh, that line killed me. Uh, so yeah, the the Simpsons, <laughs> Mr. Burns, the the mob chasing down the alien, the alien Burns. I guess. <laughs> He's bringing us love. <laughs> Get him. 
the most rewarding Oh, it's part. Mr. Burns. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> so good. They bring you love. All right. Uh, that's all we got. Any uh, audible mentions? Uh, Ron Burgundy, the, the mob that meets him outside the, uh, the news station. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, I, I don't know if this qualifies, but an airplane, the way everybody's lining up to, quote unquote, calm down that woman. <laughs> um, I would say so, because, it, I mean, it's not a mob in a general sense, like yeah. you would picture him. But it's in a straight line because they're in an airplane. <laughs> yeah, they're, it's so, a very yeah. organized angry mob. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, well, with that, everything. then it's time for Alex No Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? All right. I haven't watched uh, pugilists go at it in the ring for a long time. But Fisty these, Yeah, but these entrances and the costumes that they wear beforehand is i'm gonna say it's beyond wwe it, it is fucking ridiculous one guy uh comes up deontay wilder uh looks like he's wearing like a full sauron getup, no joke with fucking glowing red eyes leds in his helmet and everything it's fucking ridiculous another guy's like on a throne getting carried with a whole king uh, cape and a crown and everything. Sounds awesome. What? It's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about this. Well, here I'll show you. I'll, I'll link the. Uh, As the usual, I don't know if Alex ESPN. is like referencing something that actually happened or if he's. <laughs> no, look at it. You can even see it in the little preview. Okay. So this is for real. This is real sports. Oh, Jake Paul. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is all about. Articles. This is all about the outside the ring stuff. Yeah, like, and the evolution okay. of boxing fashion. It's like what? Ugh. Living in America. Mm-hmm. I like one of the pictures Ooh. in the article. One guy's wearing shorts, and on his ass it says he's sponsored by Dude Wipes. <laughs> so very <laughs> very good placement of that advertisement dude wipes sometimes you just gotta mm-hmm. wipe I get that <laughs> I feel that I mean Macho Camacho back in the day was pretty freaking crazy but this is just like this is like parody levels President Camacho <laughs> President Camacho All right, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Sports. All right, time for Neem News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, to bring you the news from around the world. <laughs> it's a new sensation that's sweeping the nation. Han shot fast. Uh, <laughs> all right, just a couple of, mm, I guess, reviews. Uh, so I'm caught up on what if. Um, ah, damn it, I'm not. So, I don't know. Not me. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you go for it. I don't care. I don't know about Alex. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't I care. I not say too much. Um, the seventh episode, though, has been my favorite so far. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't want to say much, but it, it, it was pretty great. Um, it's not zombies, is it? 
It's not zombies. Okay. Uh, so I'll leave That's it at that. That's the last one I saw. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's one or two more episodes. I forget how many they have. Uh, so I'll have a, maybe a, a slightly more uh, inclusive review next week. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, again, I, as a whole, I, I, you know, I recommend this stuff. For me, it's it's just been fun to to see all these these characters kind of get to do different things, um, and and a lot of the actors as well um, that played them. Uh, like spoilers, some of the, some of the big actors do not show up at all. They just have other people voicing those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, surprisingly, a lot of the 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 other actors do show up, and they're they're game for all this stuff, and then it's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, what if? Uh, I mentioned this before, uh, Sex Education Season 3 um, came out earlier in September, uh, toward the beginning of September, I think, maybe middle, but at any rate, um, I did finish that up over the weekend. Uh, still highly recommend this. Um, it's just a, a an interesting take on like teenage, like high school sex comedies. Um, it is on Netflix. It does get pretty raunchy. Uh, but but I do enjoy that it kind of treats the characters and the source material with kind of a lot of respect, um, and it, it does it, it takes all the tropes and, and kind of takes them in a different direction. Uh, so that, that that feels kind of uh, refreshing and it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so again, uh, totally recommend Sex Education, Sex Education if you've not seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, three seasons out so far on Netflix. And then the, the final thing I want to talk about, uh, I think it might have just dropped today, is the House of the Dragon trailer. The Oh yeah, I saw that. The sort of... Uh, a lot of people with white hair. Yeah, uh, a lot of Targaryens. Uh, side prequel series, I don't, I don't know exactly how you'd frame it, uh, but all the stuff that happened 200 years before Game of Thrones takes place. Um, about the Targaryens kind of rise to power or at least their their takeover of of uh westeros yeah the seven kingdoms Mm -hmm. so we'll see i I feel like a lot of the uh the interest in this has died down after what happened with the last couple seasons of game of thrones uh but we'll see um it still looks you know big budget uh so like hopefully you know they they learned a little bit from the the other one about like how to kind of move things along, you know. The the series was kind of beholden to just the massive amount of plot and uh, and characters that the, the George R. R. Martin books has, but as this is more of a uh, a piece designed for television, hopefully they can make things run a little more smoothly um, as far as resolving, uh, you know, the different character arcs that that we'll we'll see with that. I mean, all, all that said, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> This this is too much in my my nerd alley to not sit down and give it a go, um, at least you know the first couple episodes. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, I don't think they gave a date on that just yet. Uh, but looking it's forward the to twenty twenty two right next year. Okay. Uh, oh, I lied when I said that was the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, the actual last thing I want to talk about was uh, we're starting to see a lot more. Um, stuff for the ca- live action cowboy bebop on, oh, on yeah. netflix um i watched uh i, don't know, I guess called a trailer but it was a one-to-one 
um, comparison of the opening sequence, the the, the title sequence um, from the animation, and then the one that they made with the live action, and it's pretty interesting. Um, it's it's like got a very distinctive style to it. I don't know if I like it or not. Um, it's very. Um, It looked a lot like Sin City, like I mean, and that's because they're like clearly in front of a green screen. And but with mm-hmm. this though, they're not even trying to hide that. Like it's just clear that they're not in any kind of real space, at least in, the, in what they showed in the, the early part here. So so we'll see. Um, they they tweak some things where like they made Faye a knife wielder <laughs> just to give her something else to do other than a gun, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like yeah. John Cho looks looks cool. Uh, so we'll see how this plays out. Um, there's there's a lot of kind of frantic action going on with the with the animation, and it doesn't always translate well to live action. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll give it a shot. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are with that. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Yeah, a couple things. I saw uh, the guilty. It was on Netflix, I believe, with Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's an Antoine Fuqua film, and it was it was really good. This is one where he's taking nine one one calls, and it's all done from his perspective. So they play with uh, sound very well, really good sound editing, or else you know the movie would fall apart because you're trying to you're trying to really listen to the phone call that he's on, also to pick up clues as to what's going on. Uh, Hall does a great job of uh, just carrying the movie pretty much all on its own. Uh, it's fantastic. I recommend. All right. Uh, another another thing, I saw a trailer for something that looks really fun. Netflix has been doing some really good uh, documentaries. This one is Attack of the Hollywood Clichés. Uh, so check out the trailer for that. Looks pretty funny. I think it's going to be very informative. A la uh, movies that made us and whatnot. Okay. And uh, lastly, I was playing uh, this game called Everspace, and it's one of those roguelites where you gotta go, it's repetitive and the levels are procedurally generated, but it was just monotonous. Every time you died, you got stronger, but then nothing really different happened, so it was just a slog, so I like stopped halfway. I do not recommend that. It's a good shooter, it's a good spaceship game but other than that it was just a slog okay yeah i always have a hard time getting into roguelikes roguelites either Mm -hmm. way like if they have enough fun super fun gameplay and enough variety where stuff just goes batshit at every step of the way then yeah it'll keep my attention but yeah oh real quick i did start playing uh uh, a short hike, which is an indie game, and it was <laughs> delightful. Which <laughs> is the exact opposite of uh, Everspace, where you play just this uh, anthropomorphic bird that goes on a camping trip with her aunt, and you're just exploring this little island and going on hikes and treasure hunts and everything. And it was, uh, it's been <laughs> a heck of a couple of years, and this game was like a little ray of sunshine. Fantastic! I highly recommend this one. It's only like three or four bucks. Go play it, people. That's it. All right. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to go over? 
Not really. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, behind you. you. Hear my creaky chair? I'm trying to do it. <laughs> it sounded like a door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Jeff's behind you, Jeff. Frankenstein. Okay. I, so I had no idea about the House of Dragons. So I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did I watch? Oh, there was a behind-the-scenes NHL documentary that came out on Amazon Prime. I watched that. Um, man, I think that's all, guys. Not not much. I did start rewatching House of Horrors. Is that what Tree House of Horrors? Like yeah. just going through Disney Plus and just every year just picking out the Halloween episode. Mm. Uh, those are those are always great. Um, yeah, I got really nothing to report. I know Disney. Uh, they announced Book of Boba Fett. Is going to come out this year, so in December, I think. Ooh, dang. I don't know if we talked about that. But... We have not. Duh. So, yeah. Duh. So that's that's coming up this December, and um, I guess they announced the other shows. Or... They didn't give them dates, but 2022 for, like, Kenobi, the Andor, maybe maybe um, Mandalorian Season 3, I'm not sure. But... Yeah, that's it. I got nothing. Haven't been playing any games. Although I can't wait for Junkenstein to come back. Are we playing? Let's do it. Let's uh, let me know. I've I've got a, a Series X that I do not play anything on, so <laughs> I'm more than happy to get something going on it. Yeah, I don't even know the last time I turned on my Xbox, but we'll see what happens if it doesn't blow up. Mm. <laughs> I think you're good. I'll test it out. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all I got. All right. Sounds like we're cool. good then. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to go to HansShotFirst.com slash Patreon or vice versa. Something like that. Patreon.com slash HansShotFirst. Mm-hmm. Check out quotes from Springfield. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.